Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you'll give them a call. Uh, you can visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. We've got great guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking with Byron Donalds, uh, recently won the primary for uh, District 19 congressional seat. And, of course, he'll be looking forward to November 3rd, and we'll be talking a little bit about uh, what's coming up. Alfie Oaks is the owner of Seed to Table. He also just won his battle uh, or uh, vote for the Republican State Committeeman. We'll be talking with Alfie, as well as Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It is August the 28th, and on this day in 1963, I'll never forget it, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., African-American Civil Rights uh, Movement reaches its highest watermark with Martin Luther King Jr. speaking to about 250 people. Attending the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, the peaceful rally was the largest assembly of a redress of grievances the Capitol has ever seen, and the King was the last speaker, and he just blew it away, as you know. Now, each per speaker had seven minutes. He went on for 16 minutes, and uh, he, you'll never forget, I'll have a dream. He boomed over the crowd, stretching from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Mon Monument, that one day the nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created. Equal. I have a dream that one day the Red Hills of Georgia and the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at a table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four children, little children, one day will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but rather by the content of their character. I have that dream today. What a speech. It was a stirring 16-minute speech, and he finished up with... Uh, when we allow freedom ring, when we allow it uh, ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men, white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing the words of the old Negro uh, spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. What a speech! And, uh, of course, all that and his great leadership I believe, uh, influenced tremendously the ratification of the 24th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which abolished the poll tax and thus a barrier to poor African-American voters, and also the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Martin Luther King, what a great speech on this day in 19, what was it, 1963, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, 1963. Great speech. Oh, just talk COVID here for a moment. There have been 95 new cases and two additional deaths in Collier County. One of them, this is also suspicious to me, an 87-year-old man, his case was counted on August the 24th. The seven-day average for cases increased to 53 through Wednesday, but still half of the seven-day average of 106 and about a quarter of the cases in July the 13th when it was 221 cases. Uh, there are 56 COVID-19 patients in Collier County Hospital, so uh, there's plenty of beds. Remember, the whole goal of this thing was to flatten the curve, not to overwhelm the health care system, and we've certainly done that. So uh, school starts on Monday. Of course, that's going to be the big influencer with regard to COVID-19. Uh, hopefully, uh, will this uh, disease, this virus is dying out. Just a word about Hurricane Laura ripping through Louisiana yesterday, destroying buildings and towns across the southeastern corner of the state and killing four people who were crushed by falling trees as they sheltered in their homes. Uh, still, the damage Laura had inflicted is so far less than what forecasters had predicted. Now, you may recall for some places, 20 uh, feet of storm surge. That was the most powerful storm to ever make landfall in Louisiana, Governor John Bell Edwards said in a press conference, continuing to cause damage and life-threatening conditions. Uh, the National Hurricane uh, Center on Wednesday predicted storm surge would be unsurvivable and would penetrate up to 40 miles inland 
While the worst projections had not been materialized, the damage of the winds and flooding and rainfall was just horrific. We, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to those folks in that area. Well, four years ago, President Donald Trump accepted the Republican nomination for president by offering himself as the only figure capable of fixing in a broken, demoralized country. Yesterday, in front of about 1,500 supporters at the White House, he offered himself as a bulwark against the chaos and disorder threatening his vision for America. Your vote will decide whether we protect law-abiding Americans or whether we give free reign to violent anarchists, agitators, and criminals who threaten our citizens, he said. And this election will decide whether we will defend the American way of life or whether we will be a allow a radical movement to completely dismantle and destroy it. I delivered these remarks from a flag festoon stage on the south lawn of the White House. The floodlit building behind him made it for a majestic setting, but the tension was audible around the edges of the lawn. They were almost like stage props. I can't believe these people were doing this. They were just feeding into his message. Protesters were chanting their foghorns and police sirens could be heard, providing an audible reminder of the challenges that the we as the nation face. A country still reeling from the coronavirus pandemic was on Thursday facing a hurricane that slammed the Gulf Corsa coast and following fresh bouts of street violence after the, a black man was shot by uh, police in Wisconsin, Kenosha. Opponents say uh, Trump is uniquely unsuited to, <laughs> to uniting the country in times of uncertainty, but the president tried to turn the argument around by accusing Joe Biden of being a tool of the left. And here's what he said. Joe Biden is not the savior of the American soul. He's the destroyer of America's jobs and is given the chance he will be the destroyer of American greatness, he said. Republicans have billed the conventions as an opportunity to present voters with a choice between the president who has delivered on his promises and a challenger who threatened to, be un to undermine law and order, concede, uh, standing the power of China, and fail to protect American history. Five hours before the president was due to take the stage, the White House announced the purchase of 150 million rapid COVID-19 tests to be distributed around the country. That's good news. The president also promised to have a vaccine ready this year, and contrasted his administration's approach with Biden's demand for more shutdowns. The cost of the Biden shutdown would be measured in increased drug overdoses, depression, alcohol addiction, suicide, heart attacks, economic devastation, job loss, and much more. Biden's uh, plan is not a solution to the virus, but rather it is a surrender to the virus, he said. He spoke for about 70 minutes. Most of the people that were there were maskless. It was a, by the specter of disorder that fueled Trump's strongest patches, passages that brought the audience to its feet. He introduced brave border agents, the children of a fallen police officer, and the family of a retired officer killed by looters. It was an amazing speech. I wasn't able to stay up to see it, but I've certainly seen aspects or clips from it. My wife said that, uh, <clears throat> that she, he was introduced by his daughter. She apparently did a great job. Uh, just a couple of things, the uh, highlights. Uh, uh, the president also uh, tipped his hand. He said that the Obamagate, he said, remember this, that they spied on my campaign and they got caught. He said, now let's see what happens. Kind of uh, looks like he's giving us a peek at the future. Maybe the John Durham criminal inquiry will be uh, resulting in some action here in the next week or two. Uh, so uh, lots of folks were on the stage. Uh, Reverend Franklin Graham, of course, opened with prayer. He was great. Kevin McCarthy outlined the president's uh, promises made and promises kept. Giuliani uh, said, you, you don't want to let Democrats do to America what they did to New York City. Uh, Mitch McConnell said Democrats don't want to improve life for the middle Americans. Ivanka Trump again introduced him and rejected the cynical notion that the nation's greatest days are behind us. And Dana White, the head of the uh, ultimate fighting uh, championship, we need uh, President Trump now more than ever. Uh, and then Ann Dorn, wife of the slain police chief David Dorn, you may recall, uh, several weeks ago, she told his story. And she begged American leaders to accept President Trump's offer of assistance and bring peace to American cities. A very powerful moment. And then another, another great story, and Alice Marie Johnson, who went from being behind bars to on stage at the Republican National Convention, thanked President Trump for his help 
in her journey to freedom. She begs, uh, began serving time in prison in 1996 for being involved in a nonviolent drug conspiracy. She was sentenced to life in prison plus 25 years, pretty onerous uh, sentence. She was in prison for 22 years until Trump commuted her sentence in 2018 and she became an advocate of criminal justice reform to help inspire the First Step Act, a bipartisan criminal justice reform bill signed into law in 2018. Six months after President Trump granted me a second chance, he signed the First Step Act into law, she said. It was a great justice reform. It brought joy, hope, and freedom to thousands of well-deserving people. So that was a very that was a highlighted thing as well. Now afterwards, uh, Senator Rand Paul said he was accosted by a crazed mob of more than a hundred folks after leaving the White House. Uh, several folks were, and uh, following President Trump's acceptance speech, uh, once Trump's speech was over, the unrest seemed to intensify. There, you could see videos of that if you go online. And then finally for this segment, Kamala Harris spoke on Biden's behalf on Thursday in a speech designed as a prebuttal to Trump's GOP convention speak while Biden relaxed in his home. Harris attacked President Trump's handling of the coronavirus in her cringeworthy speech. She said Trump doesn't understand the presidency and believes it is all about him. Harris added that Trump has shown a reckless disregard for the well-being of American people. She said the Republican convention is designed for one purpose, to soothe Donald Trump's ego to make him feel good, she said. But here's the thing, he's the President of the United States, and it's not supposed to be about him. It's supposed to be about the health and safety and well-being of American people. And on that measure, she added, Donald Trump has failed. And then she quickly walked off the stage and wouldn't take questions. (laughs) That is pretty weak in comparison and juxtaposition that everything is going on. I do want to mention, too, Nancy Pelosi said that uh, she, she wouldn't legitimize the conversation with the president by having any debates. So she, she's suggesting that Biden not have debates. She thinks she's setting the stage for what's to come. We want debates. My guess is he's going to stay in the basement. This segment brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around 
around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Alfie Oaks. He is the owner of Seed to Table and very controversial. He's got a couple of lawsuits going. It's so interesting. We'll look forward to hearing from Alfie. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure. And for our listeners that may not be familiar with the Cato Institute, could you tell us a little bit about it? You bet. Uh, we're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. So, William, last night we had the Republican wind-up of the Republican uh, National Convention. Uh, any thoughts? Indeed. So I actually uh, watched uh, all four nights, caught a lot of this Republican convention, um, and it was, it's a bit dichotomous. The, the first three days, I really enjoyed the hopeful message um, that was sent uh, kind of about America and, you know, it being a melting pot and the success of immigrants. And I also liked the pomp and ser- uh, circumstance. I actually enjoy it when the president uses his pardon power in this fashion. I mean, at the, um, and I thought the, the testimony last night of the woman whose name I forget, but the one who, who at uh, Kim Kardashian's behest, the President Trump, right. uh, President uh, pardoned, I thought that was very moving. Yeah, I think that's, um, her name was Alice Johnson, as I recall. Alice Johnson, excellent. The, uh, so I was uh, found that very compelling and uplifting. Um, however, there was also the Trump speech, which was, um, I'll admit, the first 30 minutes or so was a bit flat. I'm sort of uh, I'm more accustomed to him to being a boisterous speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the message, that of uh, the, uh, the, the left being sort of uh, uh, under siege, if you will, but from these radical elements, um, I'm not prone, I'm an optimist by nature. I wouldn't put that much stock into such... Um, statements, were it not for the fact that in my own city there are mobs of people going around right now forcing people to raise their fists um, in solidarity right. or otherwise get yelled at, and, and you know the uh, city in Wisconsin is burning. So it was, I, I do think his rhetoric was as it tends to be perhaps uh, uh, over the top. Mm. However, it is being rendered somewhat reasonable by current events. Yeah, he. Well, I think his his message is: Look, uh, Biden is simply an empty vessel right now. It's going to be filled with the messages from the left, including Antifa and the Black Lives Matter, uh, single payer health care, uh, open borders, uh, insurance for illegal aliens. All these things basically is what Trump is saying. We should fear. We've got to be concerned about this. And I think he's making his case for vote for me because I'm the law and order president. I will uh, instill, uh, uh, protect your freedoms and make sure that your property and your person is safe. Well, it's not just him making that case. I would say that case is being made most effectively by this weeks-on end of rioting that that is going on in many of the major cities in America. So, hey, is, is any of this violence, you're, you're living in Washington, D.C., is any of this violence splashing on you and your family? Thankfully, but no buildings are burning. Um, however, there has been a recent outbreak of, of at least the intimidating mobs. Um, there was national news made about a, a confrontation just three miles north of where we live, at, a, at a, a, an area where we actually eat often. Um, where a hundred odd people were marching through the streets and and forcing everyone they encountered to raise their fist in solidarity. Yeah, um, it made national news. And then yeah. last night, evidently, a, a mob chased uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, as he was leaving the Republican National Convention. I- I'll note this: they were uh, screaming at him about uh, uh, Breonna Taylor. Um, uh, you know, an awful thing that, that happened in Louisville. 
Senator Paul has been at the forefront yeah. of people in Congress trying to do something about that. He introduced a bill that would um, uh, regulate heavily these so-called no-knock warrants um, that led to her uh, unfortunate death. So it's uh, we not it. I'll say this: We've got. Thankfully, the mobs here aren't violent, mm-hmm. but they aren't making any sense as mobs tend to do. Mm-hmm. And this intimidating behavior is beyond the pale. That yeah. of, uh, I'll, I'll say this: Black Lives Matter. Uh, there is uh, there are core principles there that I find that, that resonate with me. I mean, the police should not be using undue force on people. However. In execution, what is going on now across the country and in my own city is not giving that movement a good name. No, it's not. It's appalling. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, Black Lives Matter has been conflated uh, with the whole notion of uh, looting and rioting and those types of things. So uh, it, it's just all very unfortunate. I think the president is right to raise alarm about, the, about these issues. Uh, I'll move just to a, a slightly different topic. Uh, we now, you know, uh, we're wondering about the stimulus package and the next tranche of money that might be coming in order to uh, get the economy back on its feet. Looks like the <laughs> Nancy Pelosi is holding out for her $2.5 trillion, and uh, we're offering, I guess, uh, about a half a trillion dollars. Any thoughts? Well, indeed, it's uh, negotiations, or, or I guess gridlock, uh, appears to be um, uh, what's going on right now. I mean, to, to recap what has happened so far, Congress has already spent about $2.5 trillion worth of stimulus to date mm-hmm. um, over the course of a number of bills. The Democrats three months ago, or, or six weeks ago, I, I believe, but passed the HEROES Act, which would be another $3 trillion of stimulus. The Republicans initially countered with a trillion-dollar bill. Um, they've since scaled that back to a to a five hundred billion-dollar bill that includes just the things both parties agree on. So, yeah. unemployment insurance uh, continuation thereof being the primary one. But on the big matters, um, that of liability uh, for small businesses um, in the face of COVID, that of uh, another round, perhaps, of stimulus checks to individuals. There has been no agreement, and indications are that um, they will not agree. They don't. The, the powers that be do not expect to resolve their impasse at least before September. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would note. Uh, I would just throw out here: um, they've tried spending trillions of dollars. Um, I would hope um, that that perhaps they would try uh, something that doesn't cost anything, and that is to, to uh, perhaps regulatory relief. On the, on the American economy and thereby allow it to grow on its own accord without having to print any more money. But um, that's an effect. That's a great point because there's, I think this pandemic has revealed one thing for sure, and that is that a lot of the regulations that, I mean, the president's provided a lot of relief on some of these regulations. They should become a permanent relief uh, so that it'll help the economy move forward more quickly and uh, with less you know, with less regulation, for sure. Again, uh, uh, William Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. And Cato.org is the website. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds. We'll celebrate his victory in the race for the Republican nomination for District 19 Congress seat. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. 
Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work, among many other things. I hope you'll visit the website and find out more, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Alfie Oaks. He has just won the Republican State Committeeman position, right, and of course, owner of Seed to Table. Right now, we have with us Byron Donalds, now candidate for U.S. Congress from the Republican Party. Congratulations, Byron. Uh, thank you, Bob. And uh, first of all, to the listeners, thank you so much um, uh, for your support through this, uh, frankly, crazy primary election. Um, I, will, I, will, I will not let you down. So I just want to thank everybody for their support. Um, we're going to keep moving full speed ahead with uh, the campaign for the general election um, because the country truly is on the line. And we're going to do everything we can here uh, number one, of course, to win, but number two, to make sure that we drive every vote possible for the president of the United States. He needs our support right now. Boy, he certainly does. Well, Byron, you know, was, uh, again, I'm just so happy for you. I'm so happy for our district to have you as the candidate. Uh, I'm confident, although we need to give you support on November the 3rd, and make sure that we show up to vote, but uh, uh, you're going to do a terrific job. I just, I've known you for well over a decade and known you personally, and uh, I just know you're going to do a great job in Washington, D.C., so thank you so much for your service. No, you don't have to thank me. You don't have to thank me at all. Uh, so, hey, Byron, uh, the National Republican National Convention, uh, first of all, I thought was stellar. It was just unbelievably, the whole thing was orchestrated so well. What are your thoughts? Well, I think what you had was a, a actual explanation, for once, of what the president has been doing the last four years. And uh, I, was in a, I was in Tallahassee two, not two days ago. I was in Orlando yesterday. Um, doing work for the Trump campaign at, uh, at different uh, MAGA meetups at different Trump victory offices around the state. Mm. And the one thing that I wanted to make sure I talked about with, with the supporters was you had Joe Biden and the Democrats basically talk about how they were the party of empathy and they're the party of the light versus the darkness, whatever that means. Yeah. But true empathy is action. True empathy is not just empty words and phony promises. True empathy is actually doing something with the political power granted to you by the people of the United States. And so if you could actually look at what the president has done the last four years, you can start with the Trump tax cuts. You can go to uh, funding, uh, uh, funding for HBCUs. You could go to Opportunity Zones, criminal justice reform, um, the USMCA, getting rid of NAFTA, actually getting rid of TPP pulling us out of the Paris Climate Accords, which would have been a disaster for the, for the poorest of, of, of Americans because their elect electricity prices would have gone up. Uh, so the president wanting to now definitely step into school choice so that every American child has, has access to the best education possible and that they're not, as frankly, they're not being discriminated against because of their socioeconomic status it, with respect to the level of education that they can get. That's true empathy, Bob. It's not, it's not wearing a mask in photo ops when nobody's around you, by, when you're basically standing by yourself and there's nobody within 30 feet of you. That's not empathy. It's not, just, it's not throwing out bumper sticker phrases 
because that's what that's what the left wing mob wants you to say, and that's what the media wants you to say. That's not empathy. Yeah. And if you even look at what's going on right now, Bob, they've, there has been polling that has shown that these riots and these 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 these, these riots that are happening in American cities are not popular with the American people. Joe Biden and the left have said nothing for months about this. Right. But now that the polling has come back and it shows that the American people don't want this, that six out of ten six out of ten Americans want law enforcement to actually protect our cities and to protect our streets, now they're telling Joe Biden, you gotta go out and say something. You gotta go out and say something. Well it's too late mm-hmm. because if he was going to lead, if he was actually going to have empathy for all of Americans, he would demand law and order in our streets. He didn't demand anything. He was silent. And this is what I'm. This is, this is the backdrop of what we've seen in the last two weeks. You have a party and the Democrats that they just want to play politics. They want to use race as the tip of the spear in regaining political power. Yeah. Versus you have a president of the United States who, listen, does he always say the right thing in perfectly, in perfectly cut words and phrases? No, but he is a leader, and his empathy is in his decisive action because his decisive action actually has improved the lives of the American people over the last four years. Well, you saw that, and it it was just unbelievable, story after story after story in the last four days of the president and what he's accomplished and how he's contributed to... Uh, to uh, individual lives has just been really, uh, really fantastic. I was just uh, so pleased uh, with the outcome of the thing. And, and of course, this all was in juxtaposition. I, I started the show by pointing out that this is the anniversary, 1963, of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech on the steps of the uh, Lincoln Memorial and, you know, having a dream that uh, his kids, his four kids, would be judged. Uh, not by their color, but the content of their the content of their character. You know, that's that's the real message that we should all come together in order to to uh, support each other, irrespective of uh, race, color, creed, whatever it might be. But this Black Lives Matter movement is all about identity politics. Very true. That's exactly what what they're about. You have to understand, they are a Marxist front group. Mm-hmm. Their goal is Marxism. Their founder is a Marxist. Her, she does she desire? Um, do they desire, frankly, a better lot in life for Black Americans? Okay, yeah, sure, yes, they do. But what is the process upon which they want to do that? The process upon which they want to do that is by bringing Marxism and totalitarianism to the United States, where they put in power the people they think will do the job that they want, and then nobody else in America gets a chance, gets a voice, gets a say, um, has the ability to have their vote, their vote count has the ability for what they desire in the political process to be heard. And that is, that's not, that's not America. No. It's just simply not, Bob. And so what we have to make sure we get to, and what we have to continue, is a society where, frankly, the minority is protected. The minority voices are protected at all times. That's the very bedrock of what our Constitution does. Um, the left doesn't want to do that. Black Lives Matter doesn't want to do that. And so I think it's important that this, this presidential election, as much as I'm supportive of the president, I know that you're supportive of the president. I'm quite sure, I definitely know most of your listeners are supportive of the president. Um, this is even bigger than him. This is the future of the country that's on the line because you have these radical front groups who want to use tragedy in America. They want to use it to foment anger, to push their political agenda. That is what's happening in the streets of America today. And we've got to make sure that the people of America uh, vote against that and send Donald Trump back to the White House for four more years. Or I don't know where we're going to be. Absolutely. That's so well said. And, and, you know, this this whole Black Lives Matter movement, Antifa, if you will, whatever it might be, it's streaming well organized in Wisconsin. All of a sudden, these people show up. I think they're on call. I, you know, I, uh, I believe that some of these, uh, most of them perhaps, are compensated. I think there's uh, the George Soros types of the world who are behind this movement and uh, who are, you know, tearing apart America, quite frankly. Listen, Bob, don't believe it. That's what's happening. They are well-funded. They are well-organized. When these flashpoints happen, with like with Jacob Blake or with George Floyd, uh, they move into action immediately. Mm-hmm. They're coming. In, listen, there are people on the ground in Kenosha right now who understand that these are not citizens of the city of Kenosha. They are being bussed in. They are being flown in from other parts of the country. That's what's happening in the streets. And the second thing I'll say, and I'm gonna just be blunt about it: 
for an organization of whether it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter, most of the kids are white college educated kids that are coming in and, yeah. and doing this stuff. Yeah. That's who most of the people are in, in, in these in these protests slash riots because they protest and then when the night when it goes dark then it turns into riots and then you know yeah. bottles and firecrackers are thrown at police, but buses and buses and fire trucks are burned. Um, um, offices are burned. Like this is what's happening. Yes. This is highly organized. They are paid. Right. This is astroturf. The thing in Nancy Pelosi, I think, talked about when she tried to say that the Tea Party was astroturf, which was a lie. This is actually this is true astroturf we're seeing in the streets of America. Yeah. But I got to tell you, American citizens, I don't think are going to put up with this. I believe you have a lot of people in the United States who are watching these videos, not on CNN, because CNN won't even show it. Listen, I just watched CNN this morning, Bob. CNN was just talking about the parts where they had to fact-check the president instead of showing the footage of people leaving the White House last night and basically almost being assaulted by the mob, mm-hmm. meeting, meeting bicycle police from, from DC, the D.C. Police Department to have to escort people from the White House grounds to wherever they were going. Uh, Senator Rand Paul and his wife could barely get through the crowd if it wasn't for the D.C. police. Right. Instead of CNN showing that video and saying, listen, we, we got a problem. We like, did. It's, it's, it, they could be clear on this, Bob. They could be like, you know what? We don't agree with the president. You guys know we don't agree with the president. But this right here is unacceptable. They weren't doing that. Uh, at the top of the hour, the 7 o'clock hour, they're busy talking about, oh, well, we had to fact-check the president. We had to move into overtime. Yeah. This is the problem right now. Absolutely. Because it, it doesn't matter if you agree with the president or not. What No, no American wants anarchy. Absolutely. No American wants that. And we have to do everything we can to fight against it. Byron Donalds for Congress. Again, the big day coming up on November the 3rd. Of course, and, uh, uh, there'll be... Uh, uh, mailed by uh, absentee votes as well as uh, the early election. So just want to make sure our listeners go to your website, byrondonalds.com. Support Byron in his run to become our representative in the 19th District. Byron, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Alfie Oaks. He is the owner of Seed to Table. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can very, uh, visit the very robust website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now, we have with us Alfie Oaks. He is the owner of Seed to Table, one of the happiest and best places to shop here in Collier County. He's also our new Republican State Committeeman. Alfie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great, Alfie, and I hope you are as well. Uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, you know, we've, as, as I've said many times, uh, never felt more blessed to live in uh, in Southwest Florida here, where we've we've taken less. Uh, you know, we've we've made less bad, and uh, we're hoping that. Um, Hoping it continues to be that way. Absolutely. Well, and you just take a look at what's happening around the world and around the country. We're blessed to have the leadership we have in uh, Governor DeSantis and his uh, willingness to allow us to make our own decisions with regard to our health. And of course, you've been very outspoken and uh, just really appreciate uh, your positions on a number of things. Uh, let's just start off with the masks. And uh, you said, look, uh, and you you actually had a two-hour conversation with Penny Taylor before the vote was taken several weeks ago about uh, the mask requirement in Collier County. Any update and thoughts? Well, um, I, I guess right now it, I've, I've kind of heard different information. It's going to come down to probably one commissioner. I think uh, I think Bert Saunders will be the you know the, the one that could make the difference. I, I can't really see Andy Andy or Penny backpedaling. Uh, uh, but but I'm, we're we're hoping that they that they come and make the right decision when we see when we see the facts you know that the, the hospitals are not are certainly not overcrowded uh, the mortality rate is is so incredibly low that it's lower than lower than the um, you know the regular flu season here in Collier County and uh, and and it's just it's you know I, I can't I can't imagine how they can get up there and and continue with with uh, you know, the September, I think September third is the is the day that they're going to have the, you know, that this particular mandate ends, and they have to decide whether to, to you know, to go with a with a new mandate that's going to extend the time. Uh, with, with all the information that's in front of us, I can't imagine that that they they would. But uh, from what I was hearing, I had uh, I had uh, conversation uh, with Bill McDaniel last night, and he's not. You know, he can't really talk to them individually, but from what he's hearing, the, the kind of the chatter is that they might be looking for, you know, to keep the mask mandate going, which is insane to me. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll probably know right at the very beginning of the meeting because uh, what they've done in the past is with the virtue signaling, they come out wearing a mask if they're going to vote for the mask and, and not, <laughs> if they're, they're not. So it doesn't really matter what anyone says. It's really juvenile, but I, I really can't believe that that, that, uh, that, that even happened. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, we saw it on the last on the last meeting where Penny had never worn a mask anywhere, and then, of course, she comes out wearing the mask, the virtue signal yeah. that, uh, that we're all going to have to wear a mask. So. Yeah, so, so Alfie, I'm I, I, just curious. I mean, you said uh, you wear handcuffs before you wear a mask, and uh, just uh, very, certainly your position has been well heard. And how has this splashed on your business? Uh, it's been really, I mean, it's been fantastic for our business. Uh, people know, you know, the, the overwhelming thing that we hear and people come in from all over the, you know, from all over the country into the store when they're, they're visiting. Uh, they just say, I just, they walk in and it's like a breath of fresh air. They can't believe that it right. feels normal. The, the, the one word we hear over and over again is it feels normal inside. And, and there's just really, it's really nonsense that the, that our whole country is, is not normal. The, the thing that pains me the most really is, is the, uh, to see these children going to school, yeah. uh, having to wear masks and the masks that they've offered are really, Really tight, master, uncomfortable, uh, really damaging for our children's health—not not only their mental health, but but physical health—and and, and um, it's it's just really it's it's re- really sad. And I, 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 the next step we're going to take is is to come against the schools, uh, and it's, it's a little little bit more difficult. Uh, to you know, they have a little bit more control under the school board there, but we're 
we're going to come out hard against against the schools with this mass mandate as well. Yeah. You know, Alfie, I, I, I think one of the things I'm grateful for is, of course, uh, Commissioner Corcoran's demanded that schools open in uh, by August, and so we're opening on August the 31st. I'm hopeful that as things improve, slowly but surely, and maybe faster than slower, we'll start to get rid of uh, the, <laughs> the glasses and the masks and all these things and get things back to normal. Uh, can, can you comment also, you had a, a lawsuit with Lee County, because you were the purveyor of food uh, for the Lee County school system, and because of your comments about COVID nineteen and Black Lives Matter, they said we're not going to we're not going to honor that agreement that we have with you. It's a pretty big deal, millions of dollars. Any update? Uh, really, just crickets from them. Honestly, uh, they've they've hired an attorney that's notorious for for stalling, uh, and because they don't really have a case, that's that's uh, that's. What they're doing, they're just going to continue to stall as long as they can. To, to, I guess to maybe hope something's going to going to materialize for them, but yeah. um, but but it's not it's not looking really good for them. And and uh, and and I, I really I really hope that, that that they would come and make the the right decision uh, to re, you know to reverse to reverse the bad decision that they made originally. But uh, but but it, it looks like they're they're um, you know they're just trying to pro- prolong things. Uh, right now, for whatever reason, I mean, yeah. we really have have not heard a single word from them, and they uh, uh, they're just kind of playing legal games, uh, asking for more time and things of that nature. Yeah, well, quite frankly, I mean, you have the uh, freedom of speech, your First Amendment rights are are there, and uh, your comments had nothing to do with the quality of service you're providing in the, the to the uh, Lee County school system. I don't see how they have a legal leg to stand on, quite frankly. So it seems to me I would I just would would have expected they'd come to you by now and come sort to some sort of an agreement, uh, uh, you know, working behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I mean they they've been acting as a a political activist group, uh, you know, for, for some time, I've talked to a lot of the different people that were running for, you know, for that new school board position and some different people that we've talked to from within. And, uh, and they said, it's, you know, it's been going on for some time. I, I didn't, I didn't realize to, to what degree, but, uh, mm. it's a shame. And it, you know, it happens, uh, you know, as, as I've learned more through this, it happens in a lot more, you know, many more school districts, uh, in, in the country and, and government agencies and things of that nature. But, uh, but the the civil liberties uh, attorney that we have have that's reviewed this case and and uh, has had really good input said it's one of the you know one of the biggest slam dunk cases they've ever seen because of of how reckless that uh, Lee County was in Absolutely. the way that they they handled the whole thing. Absolutely. Well, I just like to end the interview by mentioning that my wife goes to see the table. One time she said, "I can't find a parking place." She drove. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is one of the happiest places in Collier County, and I must say the food is fantastic. Uh, you know what you, what you provide there is just outstanding. So, Alfie, just genuinely appreciate your contributions to the community, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, we're going to keep fighting for what we know is right, and uh, and uh, we, uh, we 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 love to be doing it, and and we're we're, we're blessed to be in this uh, in this this great uh, great area, Southwest Florida here. Thank you so much, Alfie. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo. He's the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tammy Amy Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. 
You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work, and that's just one of the terrific initiatives. I hope you'll find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Dave Bigo. He's the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It talks about the travails of dealing with union bosses over the course of two and a half years. He guys from SEIU, and uh, he refused to sign a neutrality agreement, which would allow them to go and sign up his employees. And once they got to 50% plus one, they're unionized. He said, no, if you're going to unionize our shop, you're going to have to do it by secret ballot. Well, for some strange reason, they didn't want to do that, probably because they know they don't provide value. And uh, Dave, uh, they finally went away like rats on a sinking ship. And uh, Dave actually prevailed and wrote a book about it, The Devil at Our Doorstep. You can't believe the stories that he tells us about uh, what, how they behaved and what they did. Dave, really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Bob, and uh, thanks for the nice comments on the book, because it's all true. And quite honestly, all the stuff we're seeing going on in this country today, uh, the same type of tactics they used against me and my company. Absolutely, Dave. So, start off by the Republican National Convention. Did uh, any any thoughts? I thought they've done a good job. I thought it was uh, very professional and uh, came across good. Plus, I th- I like the fact that they brought people from uh, all levels and all areas in. And um, um, you know, they had the black lady on last night that she uh, promoted Trump for helping her. You know, getting her out of prison and that. And yep. uh, you know, and it's just it's. He just didn't use politicians in that. He used people from all walks of life and people that appreciate things that he's done to uh, uh, move this country forward and make it greater. Absolutely. I, I thought that from the bottom up, it was just a very well done convention and very substantive. I mean, the, I, I think when you walked away from that convention, if you participated and listened to it, uh, you, you felt, you know, what these are a lot of great ideas and we need to keep this president in, in office. Well, that's exactly right, and uh, his daughter did a good job. Ivanka did a great job talking about her dad last night and that. And uh, I thought another interesting thing, too, Bob, was that, uh, you know, he spoke out on the um, lawn of the White House, and there were about 1,500 people there sitting in chairs next to each other. And I don't know if you saw the pictures. Most of them weren't wearing masks and stuff like that. Right. And I think, uh, you know, the Democrats are are attacking him on uh, the coronavirus, uh, I think, again, they're using that as a, a way to break down the president. It's a political move for them. It's not It's not really a health move. And um, and I think Trump sees that, you know, yeah, you don't want people to catch the COVID virus and that. But it's not as bad a, a disease as what people think it is. And we've only, you know, if you look at the people who are caught in this country, uh, it's only about 1% of our population. Right. And, um you know, we need to get people back out to work and going to school and doing things like that. Yeah, we're going to have some people catch it, yeah. But we'll get through it, and we'll get people taken care of. And uh, But we got to get them back to work and enjoying life and socializing. Right. I just underscore, the, the in contrast to uh, uh, a President Biden, God forbid, who would say uh, oh, we're going to have everybody wear masks, even outside, for three months. And if a health professional suggested that we do it, he would have them shut down the economy again. I mean, this the uh, that's insanity. Well, this is all about control, Bob, and I've talked about this uh, many times. Uh, before I go into that, I just want to make a couple comments about the unions. They are struggling, but they're behind all this because they want to uh, take over the economy 
and grow this uh, the unions back up. Um, just like you know, a year ago, um, they only had uh, they had 159 petitions for elections. This year, it's down to 94, so it's dropped 40 percent. And this tells you the problem the unions are having uh, unionizing people in this environment and Trump's campaign. And uh, so they're using all this against him, too. And I want people to know that. Yeah, well, uh, now if I understood what you just said, they said uh, they tried 153 times to unionize shops last year. This year, it's, on, it's down to 40? Uh, no, 159 is down to 94. Okay, so uh, even even the attempts to unionize have, have dropped substantially. And uh, now, to be clear, Kamala Harris is, and uh, Joe Biden both have said that uh, they want the entire workforce to be unionized. They must be appalled by the fact that the uh, the uh, police uh, uh, unions uh, have backed President Donald Trump. Well, that's right. And uh, but uh, and you know, this is the other thing about the unions that um, you know they want the or the Democrats they want this mail-in balloting. But behind the scenes, and I saw a little video that I was sent yesterday on this, a lady going through explaining it, and you see the envelopes in that, and it actually tells on the outside of the envelope uh, after your name, and whether you're Republican or Democrat, and uh, she says, this is, and this is what she said in the, in the video, she says, this is BS. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, she says, because what will happen is, is uh, if you have an R on your uh, mail-in ballot, uh, when the Postal Service people see it, they'll throw it in the trash. That could and, happen. Uh, well, because, you know, again, uh, a big percentage of uh, uh, Postal Service workers are union. Yeah. And um, people under got to understand what's going on behind the scenes. And, I, uh, you know, they want to take us down, control us, and turn us into a socialist, communistic state. And I got, a, I got a, another um, uh, mail, email the other day about Khrushchev's message 61 years ago, and I don't know if you remember it, but I'd like to read it to you real quick. Sure. If I can. And he says, um, and this was to the American, talking about the American people, he says, your children's children live under communism. You Americans are so, are so gullible. No, you won't accept communism outright, but we will keep feeding you small doses of socialism until you will finally wake up and find you already have communism. We will not have to fight you. We will so weaken your economy until uh, you will fail like overripe fruit fruit into your hands. The democracy will cease to exist when you take away from those who are willing to work and give to those who would not. And this is what you think about it, Bob. This is what the left and, and Biden are trying to do right now. Absolutely. Uh, they're trying to try take everything away and, and give it to people. So they can control them. And he says, he went on to say, remember, socialism leads to communism. Uh, so how do you create a socialistic state? There are eight levels of control. Number one, health care, control health care, and you control the people. Poverty, increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back uh, if you are providing everything for them. Debt, increase the debt to an unsubstantial level. That's why you are able to increase taxes, and this will produce more poverty gun control. Remove the ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you're able to create a police state. Welfare. Take control of every aspect, food, housing, income, of their lives because that will make them fully dependent on the government. Education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. Religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools because they only need to believe in only the government knowing what's best for the people. Class warfare. Divide the country into the wealthy and the poor. Eliminate the middle class. This will cause more discontent. It will be easier to tax the wealthy with support of the poor. Wow. You know, the, what you just outlined, to me, sounds like the Democrat platform. Well, that's the last thing I want to say to you <laughs> at the bottom on this comment. It says, a perfect parallel to the Democratic agenda. Uh, Dave, I really appreciate you sharing that with us, and I just want to encourage our listeners to go to your website, thedevilatourdoorstep.com. Get a copy of the book. You can get a copy of the book at a nice discount on my website, bobharden.com. Uh, read the book. It reads like a murder mystery. You just can't believe what people are willing to do. Well, I guess you can if you watch what's going on in the streets now, but nevertheless, thedevilatourdoorstep.com is the website. Dave, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
Well, thanks, and I hope that I help wake up the American people for this election. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Learned a lot and had fun. Uh, I hope you'll join us on Monday. Uh, we're going to be uh, visiting with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. And, of course, Jim McTagg is fair, a former Washington bureau chief. He's right there in Washington, D.C. Uh, he's written a couple of books as well. We'll look forward to visit with him. Uh, if you want to get on the mailing list, if you'd like to receive my uh, week, my daily letter that I send out with regard to uh, what's happened on the show, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.